This is the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. 1037 The Game's exclusive pro wrestling podcast. Making his way to the podcasting ring. Hailing from the heart of Cajun country. It's me. It's me. It's the world famous CD. Let's ring the bell and get this party started off right. And welcome everyone to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast, 1037 The Game's exclusive pro wrestling podcast. Appreciate you listening in however you're doing so, be it through the 1037 The Game mobile app, 1037thegame.com, Audio Mac, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, however you're doing so, we appreciate the hell out of you for listening in. And of course, first things first, we got to kind of say this is going to be more of a centralized episode. It won't be as much, you know, breaking down the news and notes involving what happened on Raw, NXT, everything in between. It'll be more AEW-centric. Going to be doing some picks later with our guy, Kyle King of the Heel Turn Podcast. Preview AEW All Out. But I want to look more specifically at the Go Home Show, which was really good. I enjoyed the hell out of so many different things from this show, but there's also some stuff I didn't like. I'll get to the stuff I didn't like in a little bit. But I want to say they managed to put together a okay go-home show, relatively speaking. I think they could have done a lot better of a job hyping up who was the big dogs, who were the biggest of the baddest, who were the bigger, baddest motor scooter of them all. You didn't. They could have done some of the matches they did last week, this week, rather than like basically put that, put a bunch of stuff that didn't need to happen. Like In my mind, the Young Bucks-Jurassic Express match, which was fun, and fine, they ate the eight man tag where the winner where the winners face each other was kind of dumb, but I, I'm like, okay. Whatever. It was a fun match. And it lived up to my expectations. You had a lot of really cool high spots. You have Luchasaurus flying all over the place. I love that kind of stuff. But it didn't necessarily need to be in there, and it was just kind of adding in, you know, Jurassic Express and the Young Bucks onto the main card. It did it just it's an old saying. You remember back in the day when you watched Sesame Street? It's like one of these things is not like the others. One of these things is not like the others. And this was the one thing. You could have taken that off the card. It still would have been a great overall show. Hell, you could have probably tried to build a match between Young Bucks and Jurassic Express, making it a battle for respect. And also, you had the fact that you could have had the Young Bucks in there in a match on the go-home show to build towards something else to give them an opportunity to have a bigger match at All Out. Because they're starting to show signs of them being upset over the whole Adam Page thing. I get that. But the one thing I enjoyed the most was the Battle Royal hype. It was That was like the most thing I was looking forward to seeing, how they were going to hype up the Battle Royal. And they did a fantastic job booking this whole thing out. They did a great job mapping out the show from start to finish with this. And the fact they, they managed to do this segment perfectly. It went on a little bit too long in my mind. It wound up just being... A cluster, but it was so damn good. It hyped up the Casino Battle Royal perfectly, where you had Team Taz, and then you have Lance Archer and Jake Roberts come out, and then it's everybody, then Sean Spears is out there. It wound up being really cool to see all that stuff kind of come together, and then you had Eddie Kingston's crew come out, and it wound up becoming just a full-blown Pure 6 brawl. Best Friends are coming out, Inner Circle's out, it was way more intense than I thought it was going to be because there was so much stuff going on. But again, that's typically what you do with a battle royal. I would have loved that to be the closing segment of the show rather than, oh, hey, we're going to go picture in picture and have these guys just basically continue doing the walk and brawl. It was fine for what it was, and it worked. I feel like maybe you put it in a different spot on the card, in all honesty. That's really where I was sitting at my desk writing down the show notes. And that's immediately where my mind went to. It's like, why was this not part of the main card? Why was this not part of like the main event segment? The go-home segment. You could have had a full-blown Pier 6 brawl, book that, go off the air with complete chaos. That's the stuff I love. It was great. Just could have been moved up further in the card, at least in my mind. And then we get to a match, probably my favorite match of the night, maybe my match of the week, depending on how all outlooks is Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb, the debut for the NWA Women's Champion in AEW, and it served a purpose. It put Thunder Rosa over with somebody who I think a lot of the fans of the internet wrestling community knew who it was, and they were looking forward to seeing what they were going to do with her. So that alone gave me a lot of intrigue to watch, 
And then it was a solid match. It was a damn good, like, very short match, a tune-up match to show off Thunder Rosa. Meanwhile, Sheeta's just standing out there, you know, watching the match at ringside. And it's basically going to be largely about respect and being able to see who the better brand is when you look at NWA and AEW in terms of their women's division. These are your two shining stars of it all. And I love that idea behind it. And it's absolutely perfect. Meanwhile, you look at the rest of the show, there was a lot of stuff I did not like. There were a lot of promos time, a lot of like backstage interviews. I didn't need all that. But the opening of the show was something I just couldn't quite get into. And yes, there's a storyline behind it, but it just... I would have liked to have seen this not go the way that it did. Because it was a fun brawl to start before the bell rang. And I just sat there like, okay, let's get to the ring action. There was so much time spent being outside the ring, the brawling, where the ref could have just easily thrown out the match altogether and just let them beat the tar out of each other. Eventually, they did finally get in the ring and put together a serviceable match. But let's be honest. After you throw somebody into the steps, all that stuff, and then you see the the dive from, from Chuck Taylor where he lands into all the damn when he da- lands on all the damn chairs that he set up himself like a Melvin, you could have just thrown out the match at that point. I was wondering why didn't that happen? It's probably one of the biggest questions I had from that show. Again, it was a fine match, just could have been a lot better, and not for them wasting all that time out at ringside doing all the stuff that they were doing. And then we get to Chris Jericho, Joey Janela. This is nothing I did not like. More because Joey Janela, he's getting, I'm getting tired of him. And at the fact that, you know, you've got Joey Janela being used as a tune-up match. So again, that's three if you count the main event, John Moxie, Mark Sterling. Three matches. That all served a purpose of enhancing talent. Now, mind you, Chris Jericho, Joey Janela, you knew that what that was going to be. You saw it coming. And then you saw it had a bigger purpose towards building up the Jericho Orange Cassidy Mimosa Mayhem match. Which is great. But it could have done with a little less, you know, kind of like a pointless match and Joey Janela out there with the with the pigtails. Just Dude, just stop. Like that that was a very weird look, and I just didn't understand it at all. And then I'm not even gonna talk about the John Moxley Mark Sterling match, because it just did nothing for me, and there was no point behind it. Obviously, it was just to beat the tar out of Sterling and to confirm the MJF match was happening, which y'all knew was coming. But it's like, man, maybe maybe seriously question like why John Moxley's just sitting there like, we should do this. Because it felt very WWE esque the way they booked it and everything. But I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of this card is going to look for All Out after Dynamite. It was just... Dynamite was probably one of the worst Dynamites they've done. And that's like... It's not a slide against them. It's just the fact that they could not like book a solid card, solid card around you know a show right before your biggest show of the year, I think. I mean, I would think either Double or Nothing or All Out is considered their WrestleMania. I would probably say more their WrestleMania is all out because that's technically where they all started with the all in show where it was, it was already affiliated. Yes, but it still fit kind of that, that banner. And I think that should be their WrestleMania if we were to kind of go canonically. But again, they only have like four pay-per-views a year, four or five, something like that. And it works. It just works. Overall, Dynamite kind of gets a thumb down. A thumbs down for me, without a doubt. And it was more just because of the fact that they absolutely sucked at mapping out a show altogether. CD's going to test his expertise and predictions against someone who's running in and invading the podcast zone. You know who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. For the third straight week, we've got another pay-per-view. feels like these are just kind of piling one on top of the other. We're all It's a giant clown car of pay-per-views. And the one this week, it's more about all elite wrestling, all out. It's going to be an amazing show to kick off your Labor Day weekend right and to kind of preview it. we got to go over to the hotline right now to talk with Kyle King, host of the aforementioned Kyle King Show. What's going on, brother? Clint, thank you so much for welcoming, for welcoming me 
back in. It would be nice if I could cut a promo right when I need to, but thank you. I appreciate it. The Heel Turn Podcast appreciates you having me on as I am the reigning, defending, undisputed AEW Predictions Champion, and I'm excited. AEW is my brand. It is what I, I, I love watching each and every week. And All Out is going to kick ass. It's going to be absolutely amazing. But I think one of the biggest questions I have is about the buy-in. Because they announced it last night during Dynamite, the tooth and nails match. You knew this was going to eventually happen with Britt Baker and Big Swole facing off. But what the heck is a tooth and nail match? That's what I've been wondering since I found out about the announcement. I have no idea. And this is actually one of the things that I kind of enjoy about AEW is they, they make up these weird matches and just throw them together. And I know normally like people would sit there and see that about WWE and be like, well, that makes no sense. But they have a terrible creative run, and AEW's is good. Like, I don't know what a tooth and nail match is. I don't really know what a mimosa mayhem match is. But damn it, I'm going to tune in and find out. Oh, I'm absolutely looking forward to all that. But I think when it comes down to it, tooth and nails match, whatever you want to call it, it, it makes you wonder, is this going to be kind of like, and, and again, it makes sense when you consider the gimmick of Britt Baker. This is her stipulation. It makes all the sense in the world. But you want makes you wonder, is this going to be just a straight-up knockdown, drag-out fight, maybe like a I, I versus I match like they had at a Extreme Rules not too long ago in the WWE, or is, or is this going to be more along the lines of a cinematic match like we've seen with like Firefly Funhouse where in kayfabe somebody loses a tooth? So I think it's going to be a little bit of both, because if I understand this correctly, I understand that Big Swole and Britt Baker are going to have this fight at her dentist's office. And I can't tell you how excited I am for that. If somebody is not getting a hit of, of the NOS at some point during this, like I think they've done themselves a great disservice. But I think it's going to be a mix because you've got Britt Baker coming back from her, from her injury that she had. And this is a good way to kind of get her back going, get a little bit of that heat going back for her that she was getting uh, before she got injured. And it's a way for her to be protected in more of a cinematic style. Like It's definitely going to be pre-recorded. We, I, I know that. It's definitely going to be pre-recorded. But I have a feeling it's going to be a mixture in between of cinematic and, and I mean, nobody's going to lose an eye. God, I hope not. But somebody may lose like a molar. Exactly. I think we'll wind up seeing somebody lose a molar on it. That's going to be a whole heck of a lot of fun. The only downside is that Glenn Jacobs, now a mayor, isn't able to make a little cameo appearance. To be, I'd love to see Glenn Jacobs as the receptionist in Brett Baker's office because that would wind up being a lot more fun. And we all know AEW loves some meta inside humor there. Let, let's go. Let's go ahead and do like a what's the odds? But let's use like percentages really quick. What are the odds that there will be some sort of Doctor Isaac Yankum nod to you know to to, to Glenn Jacobs? I, again, I know it's AEW. That's a WWE thing. But come on, tell me there's not going to be some little nod to Isaac Yankum. All right, I'll give the odds. I'll give them. There'll be low odds. I'll give them ten percent chance. And I think if anything, it'll be one of the other like dentist office where it's like Yankum DDS or something you'll have to like pause the video when you're watching it live or on demand however you're going to wind up watching it and then you'll notice oh hey this is a reference to Dr. Isaac Yankum it's going to be if it happens it's going to be a very small one where you have to pause to kind of catch it so you're going 10% okay I yeah. like that you know what you have a little bit more faith than I do I'm actually going to go smaller than that because again it's a WWE thing I'm going to go are you ready for it? I'm right. going to go with a 0%, baby. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. So let's let's get the prediction on wax here. Brett Baker, Big Swole. For me, i got to go with Brett Baker because I think it's you got to get her heat back. And it's her match. If she loses her gimmick match in a tooth and nail contest and she loses a tooth, then it kind of defeats all the purpose. I think we see Big Swole win in a match down the road that's more of a 1v1 and not as much, you know, a overbooked cinematic type thing like this is going to be. Yeah, who would ever lose their signature match? <laughs> Boiler Room Brawl Mankind. Hell in a Cell Undertaker. Uh, it match. makes no sense, but, but I will agree with you in the fact that this is Britt Baker's return. She was she was getting the, the, the women's division 
a lot of run before she went away. And now that she's back, I think you put it right back to her, give her the win. Yes, yeah, she's going to take this. And then we got what also, is- also Swole, Swole has been getting over on her each and every week almost. Oh, exactly. And it's been so much fun to see that whole thing run its course, the way they've been able to do it in the whole I'm the Michael Jordan of women's wrestling. That was absolutely hysterical. Britt Baker is awesome. And, and look, one of the ways you can tell somebody, uh, a, a wrestler is good at being a performer is being able to make the most out of nothing. Like, remember, Randy Orton was getting a push when all of a sudden he, uh, whenever he got injured, then all of a sudden he started doing those, like, those uh, those Randy News Network promos. I, I have like, 93% mobility in my shoulder. Yes, and Britt Baker kept herself relevant by literally wheeling herself out there, having like the little having the little messages that she would send to Tony as he's commentating. Like she did stuff to keep herself relevant. I think you reward that. She is awesome, and that's again Britt Baker for the win. I, I like that one a lot. I think Britt Baker gets the win, and then we get to a match that just—I I feel like we didn't necessarily need it, but I'm still looking forward to it. The Young Bucks taking on the Jurassic Express. Both those two were teammates, and now they'll be facing against each other after what happened on Dynamite this past Wednesday. Obviously, this is all kind of to fill the Young Bucks making the card. I got to go with Jurassic Express here because I think this is going to be a time where the Young Bucks are trying to refine themselves again. After everything that happened with the gauntlet a couple weeks ago, we're going to continue to see them then go off the little pat, beaten path, and then we had that conversation of what's going to happen next. So, so you're, you're 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 taking Jurassic. Express. I'm taking Jurassic Express. I'm taking I'm taking Luchasaurus and Jungle Jack Perry. Clint, you ignorant slut. <laughs> I think that this is going to be. I, look, I said this on Twitter the other night. I saw somebody. You know, who was talking about the whole hangman FTR elite saga that has kind of been going on. And we are going to get a conclusion to this this weekend. At least that's what I believe. And, and we'll get more into that later. But I'm going to go with the Young Bucks because they're showing a bit of an edge. The Young Bucks are kind of getting back, kind of getting back to being the Young Bucks of the Bullet Club where they just kind of beat people up. They don't care about who they, whose feathers they ruffle. They're just there to win. I think they're getting back there, so I'm taking the Young Bucks. I think the Young Bucks are going to beat them, and then they're going to go into business for themselves against Jurassic Express. And we're all going to be sitting there going like, oh, they did it because they're so frustrated with everything. But that will lead me to later on. Just remember this moment right now when we get to the tag match. Exactly. I, but I still feel like you wind up seeing Jurassic Express, Kyle. I think they could wind up getting a win here by, by the skin of their teeth. It's not going to be a, like a match where they wind up winning convincingly. It'll be a relatively, like a surprise type situation. I wouldn't be surprised. It just feels like to me, that's where this whole storyline is headed in my point of view. But let's jump on over to the, oh, uh, go ahead. On. It's, first of all, it's, it's AEW. No tag team just dominates another tag team yeah. and wins unless it's one of those and already in the ring. <laughs> it's a it's AEW tag team appreciation every night. Like AEW tag team matches are always car crashes and it's just big move after big move after big move after big move. I'm waiting for the day that in a tag match they shoot somebody in the face with a bazooka and then they kick out at two. <laughs> I have, that would definitely be in a different twist, but I, I'm just saying I think this is going to be a really fun match. Let's jump over to the Broken Rules contest, Kyle. Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara with the rule is if Matt loses, he leaves AEW, quote-unquote, forever. I, I think we see Matt Hardy win this one so because it feels like it's way too soon to see Matt Hardy go away, even for a little bit. Again, who would lose their signature match? Who would do that? A lot of people would, you know. But it ain't going to be Matt Hardy. I agree with you. Look, here's my reasoning why. It is a broken rules match. Matt Hardy, not too long ago, came out and had even admitted, like, "Eh, you know, things kind of haven't panned out because of this pandemic. The The broken gimmick is more there for the fans. It's more there to be a, 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 a fan delight, you know, getting everybody to chant delete and everything like that. Well, fans are back in the arena. 
fans are back. And every promo that I have seen, like whenever they put up the graphic card, it's Sammy Guevara and it's Matt as Broken Matt. So I have a feeling we're getting Broken Matt Hardy, and he's got to win. He's beating Sammy Guevara. And then I think Sammy goes away for a little bit again. I think with with the match itself, I think we see Broken Matt wind up coming back, but I don't think it's during that match itself. I think we see Matt Hardy, basically he's beaten and and battered to no end, but he still comes away with the win, and we start to see that Broken Matt wind up coming back. Even if, let's say, he takes some time off, and they show him at the Hardy compound, and he's swimming in the Lake of Reincarnation, and then we see Broken Matt make make the return. All I know is that with fans coming back, we're finally on the way to getting Broken Matt Hardy again, and it is going to be wonderful! So, uh, all right, you, you brought up the fans. Let's segue to that real quick. What do you think about the fans being back at AEW, the way they're doing it? Obviously, it's it's pod, socially distant. You're seeing all, the, all those different protocols being taken. Are you okay with that, or are you more the Thunderdome, or, or, or are you more in the Thunderdome crowd? You know, I'm actually, I'm actually okay with it. Look, I, I live in Texas. Uh, I will stay out of most of this. Some have said that we have tried to reopen too soon. I am one of those. We, we not only tried to open too soon, but we also didn't really care about the risk factor because as Texans, we just kind of went like, I'm bored. Coronavirus is done. And Florida seems to have really gone like, what's coronavirus? But AEW, for the most part, has been keeping an eye on it. They are doing – I have no problem. I say all of that to tell you this. I have no problem with people attending events as long as they are being safe about it. They are testing people before they come in. Anybody who tests positive is not allowed in the venue. They are socially distancing people. Tony Khan, there was even video last week of Tony Khan before the, the, before the show welcoming everybody back, thanking them for being there, but also stressing to them, please, for the love of God, wear your mask or we can't show the crowd. And they also, don't want to send... and he's also saying, don't say the S word. Well, yes, and then you had last night's show where it was said a lot, and also... I think uh, I think the word like quad was was thrown out. I have no idea. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but but he is te- he is literally telling the fans, "Hey, please wear your mask because if you're not, we can't we can't show the crowd and we want to show the crowd." That is Tony Khan saying, "We don't want to put that message out there that masks aren't acceptable." So, I'm fine with it. They're following they're trying to be safe about it. They have protocols in place. I'm good with it. And to be honest, I'm really glad fans are back. <laughs> Wrestling, like, I watch NBA, MLB, I watch all of that stuff. And it hasn't kept me from watching the NBA playoffs. It, it hasn't been that big of a deal. Uh, I've gotten used to the piped-in crowd noise. It's just different with wrestling because they de- they depend so much on a crowd. And I don't want to see any more people lose jobs. So... If that means, hey, we got to get some people in there, make the product a little bit better, but we're going to be safe, go for it. And I'm completely in that camp. I'm looking forward to seeing how that crowd is going to be all night long. Let's jump over to the eight-man tag team match. The Dark Order, which has become way better than I think any of us expected it to be three months ago, taking on the Natural Nightmares, Matt Cardona, and Scorpio Sky. How do you see this one going? To me, I think Dark Order gets the win here because they got to keep them looking extremely strong. And I have the fact this is the, the B team of um, uh, the Cody stable. I I want the Nightmare family to go away so much. Like, I just want them to, like, just go. QT Marshall does absolutely nothing for me. I mean, he's kind of fun to watch in the ring, but I'm not invested in him. Scorpio Sky's cool, but the team of the Natural Nightmares, Matt Cardona and Scorpio Sky, really just feels like, Oh, we got to get you guys on the pay-per-view somehow. I mean, again, it does make sense considering the fact that it is involving the Cody angle, Cody going away. Obviously, according to reports, going to be doing TV with him. Uh, your boy, Stephen Amell, going to do some awesome stuff with that. But I, I still feel like it's going to be a largely dark order gets the win. And maybe just maybe we get to see more of Cole Cabana realizing, hey, this dark order stuff is, is kind of shady. Look. 
it's good to be the dark order right now. Mr. Brody Lee is your TNT champion. They just scored a hell of an uh, endorsement deal with Chili's. Who, who right, doesn't love Chili's? Are, I mean, who doesn't? Southwestern Egg Rolls? Come on now. That's my jam right there. Like, Let me tell you something about Chili's, okay? They have Avocado Ranch, which is the greatest dressing ever known to man. I one time got home with Southwestern Egg Rolls, and they forgot my dressing, and I literally drove right back up there to get it. And then they tried to hand me, like, four little tiny plastic containers, and I was like, no, 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 no. You are going to go and get me one of those soup containers, and you're going to fill it with that. And having said that, the Dark Order is avocado ranch dressing. They are the best thing. They are the best thing going right now. Yes, let me say that one more time. They are the best thing going. Join the Dark Order, all right? I have... It helped me win my games on Twitch with Madden. Yes. Join the Dark Order. They're winning. Join the Dark Order. They are absolutely winning. And by the way, this podcast is in no way sponsored by Chili's, but, you know, holla at your boy if you want to, <laughs> if you want to sponsor the Cajun Strong Style podcast. Let's jump over to the Casino Battle Royale. It's definitely interesting with some of the big names being Darby Allen, Lance Archer, Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston. Just to name a few of the, I'd say the strong favorites in my mind. Who are some of the big surprise entrants you're expecting for this one? Because it's right now the the card isn't quite entirely filled. For me, right now, I'd go Lance Archer gets the edge. But who do you think wins, and who's a, who's a surprise entrant? So we have a segment on 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 my wrestling podcast called the Heel Turn Podcast, which you can find over on my Twitch account, twitch.tv slash the Kyle King Show. In fact, we'll be doing a show on Saturday leading up to All Out. Uh, we have a segment, and can I cuss? I mean, I know I've cussed a little bit, but can I cuss on this? Do you have the ability to just bleep me if, if I can't say it? Yeah, I mean, luckily we're, we're pre-taping this, so I can bleep it out whenever you do. Okay, okay, good. We have a segment on my podcast called Please Don't F*** This Up. And this week on the show, I absolutely have a Please Don't Fuck This Up, and it's the Casino Battle Royale. Look, I love Battle Royals. I think they're awesome. I think they're a lot of fun. However... This one does not look like a lot of fun. This one does not look like it's going to have any, like, big, oh, my God, I can't believe that person's going to be there. I mean, the only person I can think of that would surprise me showing up is CM Punk, and it's not going to be CM Punk because he's not going to show up to that. Quit getting my hopes up. Right. Like, I'm not trying to do that. Okay, I'm not trying to do that. The only thing I can think of is the hottest free agent in all of professional wrestling shows up, and it's Renee Young. <laughs> Just shows up to do the interview? Yeah. No, no, no. She is going to be the last <laughs> entrant. She is going to be the last entrant in, and she is going to throw Lance Archer and Brian Cage over the top rope and win and then face her husband at, like, double or nothing. <laughs> I'd be intrigued by that. That's for damn sure. I like that idea, Kyle. And for me, it's like, I think... If we were to throw out anybody right here, right now, in terms of surprise entrance, let me go ahead and throw out Kurt Angle. Give me one match with Kurt Angle involved in AEW in this Casino Battle Royale, because you know the second he'd come out, as I, I, in my booking mind, I'd put it as number 21, have him come out last, you know that crowd would just lose their ever-loving minds. And just, just for that one spot, because he's looking real jacked from what I was able to see, so he could be lucky 21. Look... I'm not saying I wouldn't pop if it was Kurt Angle, but I'm hoping it's not Kurt Angle. Like, I don't know, watching him towards the end of his WWE run, even when he teamed with the Shield, I was just like, this is probably not the best idea. I mean, it just feels like that would be a fun way. Again, he doesn't have to do much. It's just, oh, hey, you know, go out, do one or two Germans, drop the straps, and then get thrown out. It does, he doesn't need to do a whole like thirty minute match. It's just oh hey, come here for a few minutes, get thrown out, and then we move on. It'd just be a fun thing to make people get make people talk. So I'm going I'm 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 going to I'm gonna say it's Renee Young, but I will also admit it could be Ric Flair. <laughs> Ric Flair, he's gonna become the seventeen time champion. Why the hell not? Tully, Tully and Arn there, bro. It makes sense. Just just have each of the new four horsemen all represented by a different <laughs> member of the old four horsemen? Yes, absolutely. Well, we'll get, we'll get to that thought later, but again, i got to go with uh, Lance Archer as my pick for that one. How can you not go for the, the, for the Texas native 
on that one. Jumping over to the AEW women's title match, Hikaru Shida, or Shida, I guess they're going to call her that now, going to be taking on Thunder Rosa, the NWA women's champion. i got to say, I think this is going to be a match that's going to be very close to match of the night because these two are great wrestlers, So, but I think Shida retains. Rosa has her one-off shot then goes back to NWA before long because they're already kind of starting to ramp that up again. Look, I, I think uh, I think one of the things that AEW has has been fantastic of, and and you know what, I'll even say this is one of the things they've been a leader of since uh, since since the pandemic hit is they have done a great job of getting independent people on the scene, whether it be they're just being jobbers. I mean, hello, Suge D, aka Pineapple Pete. You know, he's he's made an impression. Or it's been, you know, like Warhorse going for the TNT Championship. Eddie Kingston got a shot. That's how he got into AEW. They have been the leader in helping out independent wrestling. It's been fantastic. It's been awesome. They've also done a great job of doing things like this. Like, hey, the NWA is around. And the NWA is, you know, they haven't been doing much. So they bring in Thunder Rosa to kind of get some awareness. Thunder Rosa is pretty hot right now in terms of, you know, just – heat and everything like that but Sheeta's gonna win there's no way they're gonna allow the nwa to hold their title and then go back although i wouldn't be opposed to it i have been a big proponent of different companies working together and i think with those two it'd be a great partnership i mean obviously right here right now i think the nwa stock is kind of low considering the fact that you had the pandemic they had to kind of shut their doors then you have the stuff with Dave Lagana, and that kind of causes everything to go into complete flux. And now you're kind of trying to pick yourself up, being able to tie yourself to a winner. I think would absolutely be huge. I know, obviously, they I think they do have a partnership with ROH right now, but who knows if that's gone out the window in recent months? Look, I, I would love if AEW partnered up with the NWA and ROH. I would. I think that would be fantastic. I think it'd be great for wrestling fans. Hell, I'd even like if Impact got in on that. I really would. Like, I would really love if, like, these smaller coalitions all band together to be like, hey, no, no, no. Like, let's make wrestling for everybody, not just WWE. But that's more high hopes than practicality. I think Sheeta wins, retains the title. I think Thunder Rosa will have an awesome showing. Like, Sheeta's very good in the ring. Thunder Rosa is very good in the ring. They will make each other look good. They will make women's wrestling good, and it will quiet the neckbeards for a little bit who keep saying, how come AEW's women's division sucks? Great point, great point. Jumping over, Kyle, to the AEW tag team title match. Kenny Omega and Hangman Pageman holding that title for a long, long time. It made that title have a lot of more prestige based on how many times they've defended it and have looked strong throughout it. But now there are potential cracks in that armor of this great tag team that AEW's had for a good while, taking on FTR, who's got a title shot pretty early on after that gauntlet match a couple weeks ago. It's got to be FTR, right? You know, here's why I am so excited for All Out right here. The drama surrounding FTR and the Elite. Now, I have long been, I, I am not, again, if you have to bleep this out, go ahead and yeah. bleep it, but Every now and then I listen to a guy named Jim Cornette, okay? I'm not saying he's always right. I know what's wrong with Jim Cornette. I know why people hate him, all right? I know I just said something very triggering to a lot of you, but hold on. Hear me out. One of the things Jim Cornette brought up back in the day, remember when when WWE tried to redo ECW? Yeah. Okay. Cornette brought up how Christian came over and was put on ECW to feud with Jack Swagger, who was then ECW champ. And Cornette said, he goes, Vince McMahon used to be smart. He goes, and I mean that by Vince McMahon used to do things like, oh, I'm going to bring over somebody from your competition, and I'm going to put them right away in the title picture. He goes, Christian coming over and going to ECW, how does that tell any other talent like, yeah, we're going to take care of you? When you come over here, I think it's the same thing with FTR. You didn't bring these guys in for them to not be tag team champions. You didn't bring these guys in to not feud with the young bucks. However, watching this last week of dynamite, 
watching their promo with Paige, talking about, oh, you've known him for four to five years. We've known him his whole career. Well, they haven't been around him his whole career. They were gone for a good while. What if, and this goes back to my Young Bucks thing of like, I think that they, not, I think they beat Jungle Boy and, 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 uh, and, and Luchasaurus and then kind of go back to the Bucks of old where they just kind of kick the crap out of people. What if everybody's talking about, oh, Paige is going to form a new four horsemen with FTR, but people forget that Bullet Club used to be really good. I'm sorry, the elite used to be really good at gang warfare, and they would do things to trick people. So what if this has all been a ruse? What if this is all a way for them to get back at FTR and the elite is going to start becoming the elite again and start being those anti-heroes, those we don't give a crap who you are. This is who we are. We do whatever we want. We just totally got FTR thinking that Paige is off his rocker or he's paranoid or he's doubting himself, and they just come out and kick the holy dog out of FTR. I would love that. I'm going to go with Hangman, and I'm going to go with Kenny. For me, i got to go with FTR winning the AEW Tag Team titles, and I think it's large because, again, I'm more that camp that you just brought up that's probably going to see a new Four Horsemen or, or something somewhere along those lines because you look at the way AEW's booked, you've got the Dark Order, you've got the Elite, you've got Inner Circle, you've got whatever Eddie Kingston's putting together. I think that's probably the best part about how AEW's doing things where they have all these guys, but all these guys are out there doing something instead of like, oh, hey, let's just put together a mishmash of different guys in different matches and see what sticks. It's basically you're putting together, it's similar to what New Japan does, where they've got a bunch of different stables, and you have gang warfare where you know, oh, hey, this group hates that group and all this stuff, to where we have long-branching feuds, because I think we're all building towards when we can start having fans again, hopefully early 2021, and we do finally get that blood and guts match that we heard about last year. And that could be the Horseman versus the Elite. I want to see something like that. I think it's a big reason why I think FTR wins the tag titles. Because we need to start seeing those seeds of doubt be sowed. It's not going to happen right away. But we see those seeds of doubt being sowed between Kenny and Hangman. To where we see Kenny go back to being the cleaner. And we see Adam Page join FTR. And we see Sean Spears as well. That way we can have that, relatively speaking, new Four Horsemen. Hey, look, I, I am all for what you're saying. I want FTR to win the tag titles. They are, hands down, my favorite tag team right now. My The reason I'm taking Kenny and Hangman is I'm a big Elite fan. I've been a, I went to AEW because of the Elite. Cody, the Bucks, Hangman, and Kenny. Uh, we haven't gotten that since we've gotten here. And look, if there's a sliver of hope that we can get that again, I'm all about it. So that's where my pick lies. My pick lies more into the, I hope we get this, but I definitely want FTR to be tag champs. They will be fantastic tag champs for AEW. All right, let's jump over, Kyle, to the Mimosa Mayhem match. Chris Jericho, Orange Cassidy, you can win by either pinfall submission or being dropped into the Mimosa. I think that's probably the most entertaining part of all this is the fact that it feels a lot like an Inferno match could be a finish. Where do you see this one going? Are you ready for this one? Are you ready? I'm going to say something that is going to shake the very foundation of wrestling fans' beliefs. All right, go ahead. Orange Cassidy is going to win. I'm okay with that. I, I, I love Orange Cassidy and the way they've built him. It's like basically being the, the aloof kind of character that he already was and slowly but surely inserting it in more and more into feuds. And being with a guy like Chris Jericho has helped elevate his game to another level. And I think he winds up winning this one, and it winds up just looking great. And we see Chris Jericho get his comeuppance, and then Orange Cassidy can go back to just doing whatever. I, I agree. I absolutely agree. I think that this has been fantastic. Uh, this is again, I think, goes towards. I think this goes towards Jericho's legacy of put me in the ring with anybody, I'll make him look good. Jericho's just always been that guy where it's like, you know what? You may not like Jericho. I mean, nobody really liked him when he was going around in his suit. He talked really slow, and he claimed that he did everything first. People didn't like that version, and that's great. You were supposed to not like him, but Jericho has always been one of those guys where if you put him in a feud with somebody and then you put them in the ring, he will get magic out of it. He's done the same thing here with Orange Cassidy. He has elevated his game. 
I absolutely love it. And I want to see Cassidy get the victory. And like you said, then just go off and do whatever he wants after. Exactly. He can just go back to putting his hands in his pockets. And uh, you brought up Jim Cornette earlier. He can just piss him off to no end. But let's jump to the main event, Kyle. AEW title match, John Moxley versus MJF, Paradigm Shift Band. I got to think MJF is winning this one almost simply because of the fact that they're starting to shift towards, in New Japan at least, the IWGP US title being on the line. Give him time off to where he can go take care of that and then come back and we can see where he fits into the card down the road because Moxley can be a draw even after going away for a bit. I agree. And and this is another one of those where, again, this is why I'm intrigued about All Out. I have no idea who's who's going to win over uh, against Moxley and, and, and MJF. I don't. Like, I could make the case for both guys being champion, walking out of All Out. And, again, one of the things that happens on the Heel Turn podcast is WWE has gotten so stagnant over the years that we will do predictions, and there have been multiple cards where my co-host and I will literally just go three, two, one, and we will say the same winner at the same time. And we will do that for the entire card. I have no idea who's going to win this match. I'd like to see Moxley win because I'd like to see him continue being champ and get a proper run in front of fans, especially now that they're coming back. But, damn, it would be great to see a, 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 an MJF title run because he's such a little prick. Oh, he works so damn well as a heel. Like, how can you not reward that after a year? And I'd love to see that kind of become one of the big things where who can catch MJF and take that title away from him, even if it's Moxley winning it down the road. I think that well, I think that needs to be a thing that happens. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, that also showed up was uh, – after this go-home show, <clears throat> pardon me, after the go-home show, uh, while, while MJF was actually in the ring beating down on Moxley, Wardlow was off to the side holding the championship and staring at it. It's, it's very, Wardlow the last few weeks has been very reminiscent of Batista yeah. back when Triple H was running things in Evolution. You know, like how Batista would constantly like stare at the title, give those little subtle nods. He just... You know, instead of celebrating with Triple H, he'd be holding his hand but staring at the championship. Yeah, or or handing him the championship but wouldn't really give it back. He's been doing a lot of that. So that makes me want to lean towards MJF beating John Moxley and then down the road getting that breakup between MJF and Wardlow because Wardlow ain't going to sit there and be MJF's bodyguard yeah. his entire career. He ain't going to be Vinny Vegas. He ain't going to be, you know, Virgil. Diesel. Virgil, correct. He ain't going to be Virgil the whole time. He's eventually going to branch out, and I would love to see him do that uh, against a champion MJF. So against my better judgment, I'm going to go with MJF winning this one. I think the pro- the wrestling prodigy pulls it off. How can he not go with that guy after everything he's done over the last few weeks, the way he's been hyping up this match? I am just looking forward to it, even if he gets his tail handed to him. I'm absolutely going to love every minute of that main event of All Out. And, you know, before I let you go, Kyle, let's let's kind of get an idea of what's going on with the Kyle King Show, the Hill Turn Podcast, or whatever other gimmicks you got kind of coming down the pipeline, my brother. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I like that. That's a, that's a really solid intro of, like, let's talk about the Kyle King Show, the Heel Turn Podcast, and, you know, whatever else you got going on in your life. I, I appreciate that. No, uh, I'm actually going to be launching a brand new – well, it's already kind of launched, all right? I'm doing a lot of stuff over on Twitch. It's going to be fantastic. Go and find me, twitch.tv slash the – Kyle King show. I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be talking sports. The Heel Turn podcast is going to be over there. That's going to be weekly. I'm also going to be doing a lot of gaming content where I'm playing NBA. NBA 2K21 is about to drop on Friday. Clint, tell me you're not excited for the Mamba Forever edition. I know I am. Come on. I'm going to wait a little bit, Kyle. Because I mean, I'm definitely not big on like the yearly sports games. This weekend, Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two coming out, so I'll definitely be all in on that after All Out. That's fantastic. I honestly forgot that Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 was coming back out because I've been so focused on 2K21. So I I ended up getting 2K21 because a group of my friends and I, we actually do leagues. Nice. Um, We have 
we have a Madden league that we're in. By the way, we're not getting the new Madden because we're trying to stick it to EA. They don't just get to get our money because they keep reprinting the same game with updated rosters. Screw that noise. But 2K21 has been fantastic. And we've been running – I am your champion from our 2K21 league – or I'm sorry, our 2K20 league. I was the Houston Rockets. I went a perfect 29-0 in the regular season. And then I didn't lose a game in the playoffs against all of these scrubs. Who knew that I was actually good at this game? But I'm going to be playing that. It's all going to be featured over on Twitch. I'm going to have some merchandise coming out as well. It's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait to launch it, and I can't wait to have you come on the show. Oh, exactly, man. Call Hit me up any time, man. I am more than willing to do so. Just make sure you hit me up. I'll give you an idea of what the schedule looks like because your, your boy, just like me with Cajun Strong style and everything going on 137 the game, your boy's a busy man. Wow, I like how you just big-timed me right there, Clint. I love that. I'm not, I'm, I'm like, I'll have my people call your people, okay? Like, that sounds good, but we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk down the line. I you, get it. I respect you've got it. Ac- I like it. You've got the exclusive access to, to, to my hotline, so you know where to hit me up at. You, you, know, you, 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 can, you can hit me up. That's, it's not your people call my people. It's you just hitting me up, basically. <laughs> it's fantastic. And you know what? Like, well, we, I tell you what, we will find a mutually exclusive video game that we like to play. I will bring you on. I will dominate you with that game. And we will talk magic to one another while it's happening. And I'm all the way for it. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on. Enjoy all out this weekend. We'll talk to you down the road. Thank you so much, Clint. I appreciate it. Guys, go and find me over on social media at Kyle King on air on Twitter and on Instagram. And go follow my show's Twitter account at the heel turn pod. Clint, you be fantastic. Shout out to everybody in Louisiana. I know you guys are dealing with the aftermath of Laura. Just know that my heart and my prayers are with you guys having gone through Harvey and stuff similar. I'm with y'all persevere through it. And Clint, I'm gonna kick your ass at video games. Appreciate Kyle King for coming on. You can check him out on Twitter at Kyle King on air. Make sure you check him out. A really great follow if you love wrestling and sports and everything in between. And make sure you check out his Twitch channel as well. I know it's getting to be near 100 followers, so more power to him. Hopefully he can hit that goal before long. But one more thing before I get out of here, because i got to bring this up, and I was blown away by this, even though I shouldn't be surprised, to be quite honest with you, with the way, you know, Vince McMahon runs things, and I'm not so I, I should not be surprised at all. So this is coming from a lot of different sources, and uh, reportedly Vince McMahon says the WWE owns superstars' real names, the, the shoot names, and wants them off of platforms, third party platforms like Cameo or Twitch. And this is coming from Wrestling Inc. and Fightful. McMahon had a call where he told stars that he owns the real names of talent not just the character names, and letter was then sent out saying that the brand must be protected and WWE talent have 30 days to stop. And it also goes on to say that, you know, it's imperative that these activities be terminated within the next 30 days by Friday, October 2nd, and continued violations will result in fine, suspension, or termination at WWE's discretion. That is the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard in my entire damn life. Why does Vince McMahon think that that's such a bad idea to go ahead and I'm just going to fly off the rails here right now because I'm just I'm absolutely upset with the fact that Vince McMahon continues to be out of touch. He continues to do stupid things. He is an old out of touch man that thinks you know Twitch is probably something you do when you're when you're jonesing for for the cocoa. I like I don't know what's going on in Vince's head that makes him think that. Being on Twitch, being on Cameo was a bad thing, but it continues to be a thing. You look in the past. You look at the way things were done in the past. I remember seeing a shoot interview somewhere. I was trying to dig for it so I could pull the audio. But I remember, I think it was Kurt Hawkins did an interview and basically said, you know, they're all using MySpace and Twitter and all that stuff. And Vince decided, oh, we're going to go ahead and launch the WWE Universe. It was a big blog, very similar to like MySpace, that kind of thing where they post status updates, blogs, and everything, and it'd be under their name. Because instead of making, instead of like going with the times, they decided to say, oh, hey, we're going to do our own thing now. We're going to go ahead and do our own thing now. And that is just absolutely infuriating and frustrating to me because I'm like, man, what in the world? 
is going on in 2020 where we're sitting here and he's complaining about, oh, well, pal, they can't be on this Twitch thing. They cannot be on this Twitch thing, pal. I don't want to Twitch. What is this Twitch? Cameo. They need to be on town. Like that kind of thing. I cannot stand Vince McMahon and his like atrocities anymore. Because I'll be honest with you. I've loved it whenever you see guys like Xavier Woods, Adam Cole, Dakota Kai, all those people show up. And it's frustrating to me because I love whenever I see those guys show up on different streams. Like, for instance, a few weeks ago you had the, I think it was Fight Cancer, the the Fight Cancer stream that New Legacy Inc. put together. They had Evil Uno, they had Cabana, a bunch of other, uh, even Brody Lee was involved on the stream, and yet Xavier Woods involved with it as well. Xavier Woods has shown up on several of their streams in the past. Dakota Kai, the list goes on and on and on. Why does Vince McMahon think that that's a good idea, and how can you own somebody's real-life, actual kayfabe name, and they're considered independent contractors? That feels like there just needs to be a conversation, an honest-to-God conversation pro wrestling, about putting a union together. I think this is another big reason why I feel like it needs to happen, and if it doesn't, the way the WWE is going to look in the not too distant future, if this thing actually does hold some water, because you know there's gonna be blowback from guys like Austin, like Big E, like especially AJ Styles is going to be having a big backlash over this. There's a lot of superstars that will be holding up the Vince McMahon, saying, "What's going on with this? Why are we doing this?" Several WWE superstars are probably already deleting their Twitch as we speak. Guys like Cesaro who are trying to make a side hustle, you're basically taking that away. And it's been noticed in the past. They've done this before. But why do we continue? Why do we continue to have this kind of issue pop up in 2020? I am sick and tired of seeing the same old issues pop up year in, year out. I'm sure Triple H would have no problem with it. Because guess what? You know, Maybe not everybody knows who... Austin Creed is in terms of wrestling. Up, up, down, down. All that stuff. But they know Austin Creed through like Twitch. They don't know the wrestler. But guess what? They know him on Twitch. Whenever he's out there wrestling, they see they will randomly flip the channel and see, oh, hey, that's Austin. Like, Look at him. He's wrestling right now. And I'll go check that out. It's going to probably wind up getting more eyes on your product in terms of the key demographics. Evil Uno's out there streaming on a regular basis. Several different superstars, AEW superstars are out there streaming on a regular basis. Why can't WWE realize how important that could be towards the future of the company and said, oh, hey, it's a third-party thing. It's a side hustle. You can't have that. You work for me. You are an independent contractor, but you work exclusively for me. Do you think that was a big reason why Mickey James left the first time? She, she could focus on a music career. She wanted to do music along with wrestling, but Vince McMahon wasn't going to allow it. I'm sure other people's podcasts that aren't affiliated with the WWE is going to come into question as well. So it makes you wonder where the end of the line is. And that's something that absolutely frustrates me. And that's going to do it for the Cajun Strong Style Podcast. Thank you for listening. Hope you leave a nice review for us. Five stars. If you're in the Tokyo Dome right now, I'd give you a lot of credit for being there, but also give us six stars if you're out there in the Tokyo Dome. More importantly, subscribe to us on iTunes, the Google Play Podcast. Just search 103.7 The Game. You better get that, along with all the other great content that we got, like the Louis Prejean podcast, the Rap Game podcast, all of our regular shows. We got so many different things that you can listen to, and we'll talk to you next time.